The 22s are here. The 22s are here. A Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Keeper Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Keeper Tested. Here he is, Chris Keeper. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to a new week of the one and only Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and Racetech. How are you guys doing out there? Thank you for downloading this episode and, of course, subscribing to this series of uh, podcasts that we do over here. And I'm sure some of you guys get this over on the Pulp MX Network. But we thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for believing in what we're talking about. And we are here today uh, to talk about the 2022 KTM 250 SXF. Uh, first things first, RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes, low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bones. It's so easy. While well, you guys should be over there right now, going to KieferIncTesting.com, clicking on the Rocky Mountain banner on my homepage, and then continue to do your shopping and that helps us out on the back end and gives us a sliver of what you guys are purchasing. And it really does help us out a lot. So thank you if you guys want to support us and show some love uh, for the work we do over here. That is a great way to do it and support our advertisers. That's what we, uh, we're all about over here. And, of course, FXR Racing, that is the gear to go get. If you guys are looking for some summertime gear, go to fxrracing.com. Use the code KKMX35 to save 30%. That's right, 30% off gear. Those are all caps, KKMX35, and that'll get you 30% off of whatever it is that FXR has on their website, including helmets. Uh, FXR is coming out with a couple of uh, LE editions here soon, uh, including my stuff that'll be out here in the July, first part of August. Excited for you guys to see that. So hang tight, it's coming. I only got a little bit over a month left, so I'm excited for you guys to see the gear and uh, to feel the gear, actually. That's what I'm really excited about. And uh, support these guys. They're, they're a great company. They're from Canada. Uh, they got a great owner who still rides every day, so uh, go visit them, fxrracing.com. You know who else rides a lot? Those guys over at Racetech, Chris Riesenberg. He has been bitten again, that's right, by that damn dirt bike bug i was up his ass a while to go riding and now he can't get enough of it so the guys over at race tech they do a great job with engine suspension as you guys know gold valves we just did a story over on my website about the kx450 so go visit them over at racetech.com browse around it's a cool it's a cool website um spring calculator if you guys have any questions about race tech or if you guys want a discount code Email me, chris at keferinktesting.com, and we will help you out with that. And as always, support all of our advertisers that are on this show, including Power Motorsports. 22s are out. Power Motorsports gives out Kiefer Inc. discounts, the best prices all around. And doesn't matter if you're not even in Oregon, I buy my stuff through Power Motorsports. Uh, they work a shipping company that is very reliable, easy to use, 
Just had a couple guys near my house um, purchase a 22 KTM 350 uh, and, of course, a 22 YZ uh, 125. So, I'm sorry, 22 uh, YZ 250F that's coming out. Yes, those will be out here soon. He just put a down payment on one. But nonetheless, Power Motorsports in Oregon does ship, and they have low prices. So go visit them over there and tell them Kiefer sent you. Works Connection, Ride Engineering, go get yourself a Chevy over at Chevrolet of Colleen, Texas. Doesn't matter if you're there. They'll ship that Chevrolet to you as well. That's what we did. Pro Taper, 6D Helmets, Oregon Old Timers Association. They're racing July 10th and 11th in Washougal. So go get some long motos in and some time with your buddies over there with Oregon Old Timers Association. ScreenPrintingDone.com. Get some shirts, hats, tees, whatever you want made up. Um, Neil is an awesome dude. ScreenPrintingDone.com. Dunlop Motorsports. If you guys know anything about tires, you guys know about Dunlop's MX3S, MX33. I've been telling those uh, people out there racing Mammoth, that's my go-to. That's what I'd be running. Plum Creek Funding, if you want to get your house refied or get a loan to go get a house, Zach is the guy. He lives in Colorado. Plum Creek Funding, great work. Avid motorcycle guy himself. He gets it. Go visit him at PlumCreekFunding.com. And last but not least, Blood Lubricants. Get yourself some oil. 1040 Scorpion Blood, 1040 Pro Series is what we run in our test bikes here. And it's great stuff. And they have all different kinds of chemicals as well. Suspension fluids, aerosols, bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order. You get 25% off. So there's a lot of discount codes within these advertisers on my show. I know we take five minutes at the beginning of my show to talk about them, but they are the one that pays the bills, keeps the show running, and as well gives you guys discounts and a lower cost on what you love to do, which is dirt bikes, right? So um, support these guys. All right, so we are here today, this week, to talk about the 2022 KTM 250 SXF. Now, some of you guys out there are like, boring, whatever, same bike. I get it, I understand that, but we try to do a show, or at least an article, or something on each bike, no matter if it has changed or if it hasn't. You will go to some other media websites, which I'm sure you do, and I do as well. Like, I just don't think you guys should just go to my website and uh, pretend that's the gospel, because... There's lots of different information out there that you guys should go to, uh, fun stuff to read and watch, of course. So we did a Racer X online video about this bike. Uh, I talk about the tips and tricks and what the 22 does and doesn't do. So this is kind of the same thing here with this podcast because I know some of you guys out there prefer to listen versus watch a video. Uh, if you're out, shit, you're driving right now down the road and you want to learn about the 22 KTM 250, this is the place, sitting in traffic, in your shop. We're going to have some fun right now. We're going to talk about the new Orange Brigade quarter-liter four-stroke machine and what you guys can do and what it does um, does and doesn't do well, okay? Because I've had this bike, uh, had, had three of them here in the shop here uh, past year, year and a half, so... I know a lot about them. The 21 to 22 hasn't changed, minus the orange frame. And what does that orange frame tell us? Most of you guys already know this, but usually in the world of KTM, if they put an orange frame on their production machine, that usually means that is the last year of that particular um, model, like that shape and form, right? So we would think 22.5 450 factory edition will have a new engine, a new frame, it's going to be all new. That's what we expect. Uh, 23 standard editions, 
should be all new as well in the 250, 350, 450 world. And I would not um, bet against the two two strokes actually changing as well here fairly shortly after that. So KTM has been the leader in um, what I like to call the forefront of pushing the technology, getting the stuff out. And the Japanese guys, not saying all of them, um, the Japanese manufacturers have been just sitting back and watching what the Austrians do over there uh, to their motorcycles and uh, to their chassis and, and how the engine character is. So a perfect example of that is, and we're talking about the 22 KTM 250 SXF today, a perfect example is that if you look at most of the 250 four-strokes out today, their engine characters are trying to get modeled um, at least close to uh, the 250 SXF character. Uh, Yamaha was that way for a while. They were the leader in that because they have a bunch of torque and they won some shootouts and everyone's saying, holy shit, this YZ250F is amazing. It's fast. It's easy to ride because you can lug it. You can be a little bit lazy. Vet guys can ride it. Older, bigger dudes can ride it. And YZ has the most torque in class. Well, now... The, the YZ has lost a little bit of torque. It still has the most torque in class, but now you have uh, the engine character of a KTM, which is not up to the torque level of a YZ, but it's pretty good. And then you have this mid-to-top end that just pulls forever and creates a bike that is connected to the rear wheel, still pretty easy to ride, and very lightweight feeling. So... I would look into some of these other Japanese manufacturers trying to maybe get a little bit less torque and have this free engine feel, this revving feel, with a lot of mid-to-top-end range. Uh, Kawasaki recently has has pushed their engine character that way. Uh, Yamaha is getting a little less torquey and more free revving through the mid-to-top-end. They want a little bit more pulling power. Uh, Honda, same thing. They're adding. They're trying to add torque to their motorcycles, yet keep a nice mid to top end long pulling power for these uh, hyperactive kids that want to ride a 250, or even some of us that are vet riders that like to be lazy and just instead of being like, "Oh, I need to shift into third gear," let this 250 eat out of uh, a corner to corner, right? So, man, I'm getting lazy. I'm getting tired. I don't want to shift. Let the thing rev out. Will it pull it, or they're just going to rev out and then not go anywhere? So there's a lot to think about when it comes to a 250 engine. you got to have enough torque to get out of the hole, to get out of a corner, but yet you need to have it pull long enough to where hmm, you don't have to decide if you need to shift or not. You can just leave it in the second gear. You can leave it in a third gear down a straightaway for a long time. That way it just continues to rev. So... With the 22 KTM 250 SXF, again, nothing has changed. So what does the engine feel like? Uh, if you guys are listening to this and you're not familiar with a KTM and you're looking to buy one, uh, I would say if you can find a 21 KTM 250, of course, do that. It's going to be a little bit cheaper. It's the same bike. doesn't have the orange frame. If you guys are sticklers with frames, which I get because the orange frame looks beautiful, I really like an orange frame. The KTM's... All of them should have orange frames, I feel like. Um, but, yeah, save yourself some money. Find a 21. They're, uh, they're the same bike. So the engine character, again, a linear low-end feel, right? 
not uh, I'm trying to compare it. So if you have a KTM and a Honda back-to-back 250s, the KTM has more low-end pulling power than a Honda and then continues to have this wide mid-to-top-end range that is very hard to beat that, quite honestly, no other manufacturer in the 250 world can beat right now. Um, KTM, Husqvarna, Gas Gas, those guys have an engine that is amazing through the mid-to-top-end range, and I've learned to accept slash like this bottom-end delivery. Why? Again, connection is everything in the world of four-strokes. These are the reasons why we love four-strokes so much. Um, flashback, you know, 15 years ago when we were on two-strokes, very hard to control. Uh, light switch power. Um, sometimes maybe you need to shift early to get more traction. In the four-stroke world, we don't have to do that, right? But as these four strokes developed over time, um, they've gotten more linear and longer amounts of power. Back in uh, 2000, early 2000s, when these four strokes were out, they were all about gobs of low end, right? And it was very hard to control. Not so nowadays, especially in the 250 range. You have these bikes that are very easy to manage down low. And then it's amazing what these little engines can do, especially the KTM as far as mid to top in power and over rev. They just continue to pull. You feel like you're going to rev the shit out of it and just rev its guts right out of the, the cases, right? But no, this is where this KTM likes to be ridden. It loves to be ridden in the upper RPM ranges. It, it, it provides you, the rider, with uh, controllability that is tough to find in the 250 realm, Okay. The Yamaha is great for low end, getting out of a corner, j- making a jump, but then it loses some connectivity in the mid range for me. Like I feel like a little disconnection from the throttle to the to the rear wheel. And I would venture to say that even some of the Yamaha guys would say the same thing. That's where the KTM is so damn good, is from that right hand, which is your throttle, to that rear wheel. You always feel that connection between the two. So. That is the engine character itself. There is a little bit more vibration from the engine and chassis on a KTM compared to Japanese bikes. Uh, You can remedy that with um, some Pro Taper bars. Uh, That stock neck and bar is atrocious. I mean, if you're a fan of this show, you've listened to me say this for two years now. Um, Husqvarna seemed to do a better job with handlebars and less vibration. But the KTM itself is a very, very strong engine character. A lot of the privateers nowadays are moving over to a KTM 250 just because, one, power, stock power, and if they build the engine, they're already head of the game because their stock engine is already that good. Uh, number two, reliability, which we're going to get to today as well. We spent uh, about 88 hours on a 21 KTM 250 SXF. My son and I shared some of those hours. Most of it went to him. Uh, but nonetheless, very reliable engines. And I think some some guys out there, maybe the vital forms or whatever, think the KTMs aren't reliable. It's come a long way. They're very reliable. Um, Moving on to the chassis on the 22 KTM, we rode this thing at Glen Helen, standard issue, I know, um, last week. And I should say we, my son, um, did the video on that for RacerX Online. I still can't ride because of my knee, which will be back up and running here in about two to three weeks, so that'll be nice get back into the routine again. Uh, But I put, you know, well over almost 30 hours on a 21 KTM 250 SXF. So 
The chassis to me is very lightweight feeling. Straight line stability is very good. I do like the fact that it is connected to the ground with that chassis. The chassis, again, has more vibration to it. And it's a blend of great cornering character and straight line stability. You're not going to get, to me at least, the best cornering bike out of the KTM. Neither the best straight line stability bike. You're in the middle. It's almost like the Yamaha of the 250F world. I feel like the Yamaha doesn't corner as good as the KTM, but yet maybe has a little bit more straight line stability than the KTM, but it's not that far behind. The KTM has a blend of everything, that, and it does it very well. Uh, area one of the corner, tip-in, lean is very nice, lightweight. Even with the air fork, I have a lot of front-wheel traction. Once the fork is broken, area two of the corner, lightweight feel, a lot of connectivity, the bike is balanced, and area three coming out doesn't have any oversteer. It straightens up really nice and gets you down the straightaway really nice. So one of the reasons why we chose to put Aiden and purchase two motorcycles for Aiden in 21, um, the reasons why we bought a KTM is because uh, he's 130 pounds. It doesn't have all of that bottom-end power like the Yamaha does, yet has enough of it there so if he wants to really be aggressive, he can ride it aggressively, and the KTM rewards that. Um, also, it's lightweight, takes a little bit less energy than a Yamaha. Um, if you guys want to compare the KTM to a Honda, and of course this is a 21 because I haven't ridden the 22 yet, uh, the 21 Honda doesn't have that bottom in. It takes more work to get it off its ass out of a corner, but yet the chassis is a little bit more rigid, so it's a little bit more to hang on to. So... The KTM is one of those blends, um, is one of those bikes that have a great blend of everything. Um, I do wish, moving to the suspension, I do wish it does, uh, it, it did have a spring fork. Of course, we've been talking about WP and the air fork technology for a long time, and I can beat myself in the head with this all the time. I get along with the air fork. I, I had some guy in an email get all pissed off at me, says, you were going to keep your kid on an air fork, and, and now you're on a spring fork. That's false. We kept Aiden on the WP AER fork for the whole year. We had Mark over there at REP uh, valve the air fork, which honestly, guys, and this isn't an REP test, very, very good. I rode with that setting, even though it's very soft for me, the little bit higher air. Me and Aiden did this, um, you know, the video where we went head to head. I was surprised how well the fork worked, considering my size, versus the stock AER valving and fork. So what do we get out of the 22 KTM 250 SXF suspension? First things first, this bike takes six hours to break in suspension and engine if you ride your ktm and you feel unimpressed by the engine character don't stress it'll loosen up it's quite tight stock and these tolerances will loosen up and the bike will become freer easier to ride um, more free revving and the suspension will also get less harsh slash rigid feeling after about six hours but it does take longer for whatever reason the frame steel frames take a little bit longer to break in um I can hop on an aluminum chassis Japanese model and be broken in in two hours. I feel like it's it's pretty good after two hours. But for whatever reason, the KTM takes longer. So give yourself some time before you start yelling at me or emailing me and saying, hey, it's doing this. It's not what you're saying on the, on the podcast, Kiefer. Uh, the AER fork does take some time. Also, to 
to make some notes here, you still have to bleed the air out of the air fork, okay? Albeit, it's a different chamber, but yes, you still have to bleed your air forks. There is a um, obviously a Schrader valve on your fork, right? And right next to that is a Torx bit, or you can use a 10-millimeter T-handle, loosen that bolt, and that will bleed that uh, side of that air you know, uh, cartridge, and you need to bleed that off, okay? And then you move on to the other side. There's another little Torx bit slash looking like a Phillips head, right? Unscrew that, and that is also another air bleed. So both sides of the forks do need to be bled off every ride. That is a good rule of thumb. I check my air pressure every ride, and then I also bleed my air pressure off on those valves, those those screws, every ride as well. Uh, sometimes my son, he's 15, right? He just wants to ride, doesn't care about the maintenance side of things. If you do not bleed those, your fork will ride higher up in the stroke no matter what air pressure you have in there set, and it will be harsh. So you will have a little bit more of a supple feeling when you bleed those off. So that is a good rule of thumb. If you guys are going up in elevation, down in elevation, uh, higher, lower temps, this will fluctuate. So just make sure to bleed those at the track prior to riding. I prefer you guys bleeding those things off after your bike has been tied down the truck or the van. Uh, if you bleed them before you leave and you tie your bike down, you're compressing your forks, and then you could create more buildup, more pressure, and then it really didn't do nothing because now you got that pressure back once you're at the track. So just have that toolbox ready to go, bleed off those air, and you're going to have a better handling KTM 250SXF. So um, suspension action, I never really have that much problem with the KTM shock. It does get hot. It's one of the few shocks that I have heat problems with. For whatever reason, the WP shock does fade a little bit quicker than a KYB or a Showa shock. But overall, there's more performance and comfort in the rear end than there is in that air fork for me. I will say WP has done a good job of getting better where I'm not just like completely throwing it in the trash. There was a time when air forks to me were just completely useless and I was never going to ride a bike with it. Now I'm not opposed to riding with it on a daily basis. If I'm racing, I always want a spring fork. That's just me. But that doesn't mean it's not decent or good enough for you guys listening to this podcast. It does do things well. And there's no point for me snowing you over this, okay? I'm not just saying that to please WP. The, the actual fork is pretty damn good. I have ridden, uh, I'm trying to think of a spring fork that wasn't as good. I would rather ride, and this is no bullshit, I would rather ride the stock AER fork than a Suzuki spring fork. There's, there's more comfort for me. So you need to get the pressures right, and I'm going to rip that down for you guys here soon, but um, get the pressures right, bleed it off, take care of this thing, and get past the break in point, and the suspension action is pretty damn good. So um, if you guys are wondering, you're freaking out about, hey, if I blow a seal, I have blown a seal on this, and no, the bike just doesn't collapse. You will notice it. I have had a leaky fork seal uh, several times on a WP fork, and we still ran it, and uh, the air pressure stayed intact. So it's just not going to completely fail with you on the track and just drop. Um, I know there's been some nightmares back in the day where, 
you see a guy riding off the track and his forks are collapsed all the way down. That doesn't happen no more. WP has evolved. Um, and even though that air seal may be leaking, it's not going to completely go flat and give you an endo over <laughs> over a jump at the track. So if you guys are wondering about that, that is uh, fake news. And that has evolved into something better um, to create more safety for us riders. So kudos to WP for doing that. So, um, again, the balance of the KTM 250 SXF for me, um, the recommended settings are built around a 160-pound guy. Aiden is 130 pounds, so it is a little bit stiffer for him. As he's getting better, he is getting better on the bike. Uh, that stock setting is is wasn't so bad. I know we had some stuff valve from market AEO. It got a little bit worn, a little bit soft. And then while that was in there getting rebuilt, we put a stock fork setting back on. And he was like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's not that bad. I was expecting him to freak out. But he actually liked it in some areas because it had more holdup. So um, there is some track toughness being said with this fork. Aiden's 130 pounds. I'm 170 pounds. And we can you know, find a balance with air pressure between us both. So I do like that portion of the bike. And I do like that for... Um, on the air forks, like I do like that adjustability. I have been known to uh, hate on the air fork, but I, I've been running a KYB PSF one air fork on my YZ 450 F and I've been uh, quite surprised and quite happy in a lot of areas. So I'm trying to open my eyes up to more air fork things. Um, I don't think our industry is going to go completely away from air forks. Maybe we see that come back. Um, a reemergence of air forks in some bikes. I feel like that might happen, but I feel like if we do see that the air fork technology that we're going to see is going to be uh, more simplified and have more comfort because they know now what they did wrong. And uh, there's more demand from the customer to get the comfort out because they're not going to be bullshitted with this. Hey, it's lighter and the bike hasn't uh, gone up in price anymore and they're getting more performance. We know better now. I feel like we know better as a consumer, like, hey, this air fork, don't tell me this thing's better because we know a spring fork is pretty damn good. You get a KYB SSS fork, you're like, ah, dude, that, it's hard to beat. So the technology is getting better in the air fork side. We're going to have to be a little bit more open-minded, and that starts with me. So I've been riding with more air fork technology to try to uh, get a more of a better feel because my old ass is stuck in some ways. So... um don't be stuck in your ways on everything. Try to um, open your mind a little bit, and then this air fork can treat you right. What uh, an old saying goes, and not to ramble on here, but an old saying goes that I got back in the day was like, you're only as good as what you try. And that always drives it home for me. Like sometimes I'm, you know, I'm crotchety. I get stuck in my ways. This is what I want. This is bullshit. I'm like, all right, calm down. I'm a test guy. I got to try this stuff, and then I'm pleasantly surprised. I'll work with it a little bit. Um, it's kind of like this knee brace, uh, knee pad thing. Of course, if you've never worn knee braces and you put them on, they're going to feel bulky, shitty, but you got to give it a chance. So a lot of these things, including the KTM and the Air Fork, I have to give it a chance. You have to ride with it. You have to feel it and then work with it. And a lot of companies out there like Racetech, um, Mark at AEO, um, and even Pro Circuit, these guys have been evolving their their settings and their valving on this AER stuff, and it's been getting better. So um, there's that. So let's rip off some settings for you guys. Uh, you might want to pick up a pen and a piece of paper. If not, you can always go to keferinktesting.com 
and you can look up the 2021 KTM 250SXF baseline settings, or you can even just go 250. You can just go 250 2021 250 suspension settings, and that will be up there as well. Um, here was my setting that I liked on the fork: anywhere between 10.6 to 10.7 bar uh, height, a fork height of five millimeter compression. Um, with 10.6 bar, 11 clicks out. If you're running 10.6 bar, run 11 clicks out on the compression. If you're running 10.7 bar, go 15 clicks out and rebound 11 clicks out. So what I did there is I feel like on some tracks I wanted a little bit more holdup. So with the air pressure, you're creating that holdup, right? It's essentially a spring, correct? Um, you feel like it could be a little bit low on some occasions with 10.6 on desail coming down hills. Try 10.7 and then open that compression up a little bit to 15, and that will give you some more comfort on that light bump situation. So, again, 10.6 to 10.7 bar, fork height 5, with 10.6 bar, 11 clicks out, with 10.7 bar, 15 clicks out. Shock, I kept the, the I could go to a 45 newton meter um, spring, but I left the 42 on. Sag at 102 millimeters, a high-speed comp between one and three-quarters to two turns out. Okay, if you guys are wondering, crank that high-speed compression all the way in and then back it out, and this is the setting. So one and three-quarters to two turns out, low-speed compression at 11 clicks out, and a rebound 12 clicks out. That's a good setting. Um, going to Aiden's setting, I went to uh, a 10.4 bar fork. Uh, still 5 millimeter height on the fork. Compression, I went 12 clicks out. And then a rebound, I also went 12 clicks out. On the shock, stock spring rate is good with a 130-pound kid. Uh, sag, 102 millimeters. One and three-quarter turns out on the high speed. Uh, 13 clicks out on low speed. And 11 clicks out on the rebound. So that is where I'm at between Aiden and I. So... Again, you can always go to my website and check that out. But, again, track toughness is really good with this bike. Um, we got a, a happy reading, and we rode a variety of tracks. I mean, I could basically ride most of my tracks near my home. I have a wide variety. I have a clay track with a bunch of hills. I have a sand track. Um, I have more of an intermediate loam where there's sand in the riverbed, and then on top of the hills it's clay. So, there's a wide variety for me for testing. I get a lot of testing done close to home. People will say, hey, I don't see you at the track or doing this. Man, I get a great feeling from bikes and what it can and can't do with all the variety I have near my home. It's a great place to live for testing and riding dirt bikes, and, I, and I, I'm so blessed to, to be here where I am to do what I do because it really makes me uh, expand my communication to you guys to try to give you a setting. Some of you guys back east say, yeah, you don't have that grabby dirt. You're right, I don't. That's one thing I'm lacking is this heavy, grabby dirt. I told you about Mesquite, Nevada, which to me is great, um, the closest that I could find to East Coast dirt. So I work hard to try to give you a variety of, uh, of terrain so I know there's a good baseline setting. So when you see my baseline settings on my website or social media, just know that's just more than one track. That's several tracks. Um, you can trust that I have adjusted the bike a lot to find that. That is what we do in production testing. So uh, um, that's what I do to give you guys the most information.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. Right now we're going to go to some commercials. Listen to these guys right here because there is some discount codes. Save yourself some money. Just break yourself off 10 minutes. We'll be right back with the show. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. ScreenPrintingDone.com T-shirts! Get your sassy T-shirts! Yeah! Good morning. We didn't catch your name last night. ScreenPrintingDone.com I'm not supposed to be within 200 feet of a Chuck E. Cheese. I need that shirt. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com Let's get into this T-shirt. It's a cute top. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com That does sound awesome. I see things no one should ever see. I got a pretty dope sense of humor, bro. ScreenPrintingDone.com <laughs> You an older dude looking to race some races, maybe looking to do some longer motos? OregonOldTimers.com is coming out with a new 2021 schedule. We will have that up on the new shows in January, so check them out. OregonOldTimers.com. Any questions about going to the Old Timers Association, hit me up, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com, and I'll help you out. See you guys at the races next year. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? Bloodlubricants.com, 1040 Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at Blood Lubricants, info at bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer, get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great. Keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F every 10 hours. Now I can go 15 hours. So great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save self some money. Email me, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. You got a new bike? Hell, you got an old bike? Go to ride-engineering.com. You can use the code KT25 to get 25% off. If you're looking for anything chassis-related, clamps, bar mounts, axle blocks, whatever it is, they even got calipers, brakes. They do it all over there at ride-engineering.com. So go check them out. Use the code. Save yourself some money. If you have any questions, you guys know the email. Visit them ride-engineering.com hey did you crash or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend go to protaper.com and go look at the evo and fusion line handlebars i run the fusion on the ktm 450 and i run the evo on the yz 450f doesn't matter what you are you like crossbars you don't want a crossbar protaper has it they got grips dude they got some nice soft grips i'm a half waffle soft guy Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The race cut grips. Come on. I am an SX Race Evo and Fusion guy. So go check them out. Protaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to KieferInkTesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. 
Keyframe testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? ProTaper. ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. You guys looking to buy a new bike? 2021s are out. Go to Power Motorsports. That's right, they're in Oregon. PowerMotorsports.com. If you guys want a deal on a Yamaha, ooh, or a Kawasaki, ah, or maybe, just maybe, you want a KTM. They got them all there. They have Kiefer Inc. testing special discounts. Email me, Chris, at KieferIncTesting.com, and I will get you in touch with David Sibley. That's right, David Sibley at Power Motorsports. He knows the drill. He knows Kiefer Inc. testing gives the best deals possible, and so do Power Motorsports. Hit them up, powermotorsports.com. All right, guys, we're back with the show. Thank you. I appreciate you holding tight and listening to those commercials. Here we go. Reliability on the machine. So let's let's go over this real quick. The KTM, again, had almost 90 hours on our, on our test bike here. We gave it back recently, and all we ever did was one top end. So we did a piston, rings, we checked the valves, gaskets, uh, did a clutch, but overall, we've never changed the timing chain, uh, never changed the tensioner, uh, n- never put new valves in it. Uh, we've gone through three clutches, um, fiber steels, and um, one top in. That's it. That's all. Um, it's been very reliable. Um, we changed the oil every two hours. That's right. A lot, and that's that's a lot of oil changes, right? So every two hours, but that ensures some safety. That ensures there's good oil in there. And um, I know KTM probably doesn't want to hear this, but no, you don't have to run Motorex in your KTM. You find an oil that you like. I trust blood, and that's what I go with, but I'm not saying that you guys have to do what I do, but I try to stick with an oil that I know is good. Um, there's several good oils out there. Blood is one of them. Um, Jeff has done a great job of formulating some great oils out there. That's what we ran in this bike the whole time. And the clutch lives are, the clutch life is amazing on a KTM. Uh, I got, like I said before, 25 to 30 hours on a clutch of me riding it. And I'm a, I'm not a clutch abuser. I'm a clutch dragger. So instead of, uh, uh, shutting off the throttle or braking when I'm wheeling out of a corner, I fan the clutch a little bit and I'm constantly slipping that clutch to modulate my front end and the power to the rear wheel. So I'm fairly hard on that stuff. And Aiden is not as hard as me, but I mean, he probably could have gone longer on a clutch. So clutch life is excellent. Overall top end um, is very um, reliable on a KTM 250 SXF. Things that do um, need attention, um, some bolts on the KTM. So 
Top engine mount bolts, they will back out. You got to keep an eye on that. And those are torqued. Um, I have found out I have lost two lower linkage bolts where the bones go into the into the um, into the knuckle. So keep an eye on your linkage bolts down below. There's one big one right below. Um, it's towards the rear wheel. There's one nut that seems to always get loose. So always check that. So um, sprocket bolts, another key thing. Spokes. I will say that the stock spokes are not great on a KTM. I exploded a couple wheels um, racing some amateur races with Aiden. So uh, spokes have broken off near the nipple. And KTM did warranty those. But nonetheless, that is something you need to you know pay attention to. Even though you guys check your spokes every time you ride, which I do at least. Uh, nonetheless, at least you know with your hand, feel those things. But especially when you break in your bike, you're going to have to uh, to check your spokes because those things will seat, and you'll have to do that maybe a couple times, and then they will seat, and then you'll have to adjust, adjust them as much. But nonetheless, the spokes aren't the greatest. I always went to a Buchanan spoke, stainless spokes. Those are great spokes. W has all that stuff. Um, w makes good wheels. I will say that the wheel itself, the rim is uh, is good. The hub is good. It's just the spokes are weak. Uh, I'm, I changed those handlebars out. I'm out on the handlebars. The FI light up front, you'll see this behind your number plate. There's an FI light bulb with a little uh, plug. That always seems to fall out. You can silicone that back up in there, and that will prevent that from happening. Fuel filters, I've been yelled at by Chad at XPR Racing. They're not actually called fuel filters, but there is a little filter that's in the line um, near where it goes into the... The gas um, can, gas can, gas tank itself. Um, there is a little filter in there that you need to change that does get clogged up. So um, change that. I have had a relay go out on my KTM, um, but that was one time. But overall experience for me, the KTM is very reliable, not a lot of headache, and um, yeah, it's been a great machine for our family. Again, it's well worth the money for us. I spend my own money on things that I think are reliable. And I, and I put my, my money where my mouth is this time and, and got two bikes for Aiden. So um, seat foams will break down. Those are kind of pieces of shit. Uh, the foam will break down in the sun. And, of course, if you wash those so 10 hours and your foam's broken down, I go to Guts Racing and get a foam so you guys can do that. Um, I'm a big believer in what Andy does over there, and he has really good foam. Seat Concepts has a great seat. Um, but for me, um, that's really all that's pretty much it. I haven't had that much problem with it. And um, there is one thing that's kind of like a weird situation. I never really actually changed throttle cables on any of my bikes. But for whatever reason, the KTM, uh, whatever they use inside their cables, the throttle itself, it's just not very good. Um, I go through uh, every 20 hours, I put a new set of throttle cables on the bike because... No matter what I do, if you guys are an ODI lock-on guy, whatever, doesn't matter, or you guys are glue-on grips, um, I always felt like, you know, I'd clean my bar, put new ODIs on, a new tube, and it was just still hard, no matter what I did. It might have felt good for about 5 to 10 minutes, and then my throttle would feel hard, and I'm very, very picky about my throttle pull on my bike. So with changing the throttle cables as well as going to a ZRT throttle, this thing is amazing. I wasn't even, I was skeptical about this shit back in the day. I was like, eh, it's a throttle tube, whatever. I try to pro circuit. 
uh, try to pro taper, and, and they were better. But the what this guy does, ZRT, Tom over there, he's back east. He uh, And actually the Rocky Mountain KTM team uses these throttles. That's how I found out about these guys because I went over to the pits one day at Supercross and I felt, um, I think it was Bloss's throttle at the time. I'm like, this thing feels amazing. What is this thing? And he's like, yeah, it's a ZRT. Never heard of it. Looked him up. Got a couple here, and that test is up on my website. But, man, there's a bearing inside of this throttle tube, and the combination of a fresh cable and this is unbelievable. It's so smooth, easy to pull. He has different cams. You want to match a black cam from your stock uh, tube. He can do that. Uh, They're strong. They're durable. I've kept these tubes over time and swapped them to another KTM on Aiden's bike. And, you know, just this new bike, we just did this on the 22. Unbelievable how nice and free the throttle is. It just makes life a lot better when you're riding. Even when your throttle cables go to shit, I've ran up to 30 hours on the cables. You can you can tell that the cables are starting to get a little bit harder. The ZRT makes the throttle still feel nice and buttery. So that is one of the mods that I would recommend. If you guys go to my website, I have like a top five mods on this. And... Dude, the ZRT throttle is worth 150 bucks. Yes, it's expensive, but if you're an Austrian guy and you're going to get another bike, just take that thing off before you sell it. Roll it over to your new bike. It makes all the difference in the world. I even put one on my Yamahas and my KTMs here in the shop that I ride a lot, and it makes a huge difference. So you can look those guys up at ZRT. Of course, you guys can always go to a two-stroke air filter cage. It helps a little bit more bottom in. Yes, it actually does. You may not think so just because of that little mesh screen that's in there. Uh, I do not recommend cutting it out. It's a fucking nightmare, and all those freaking little tiny um, pieces of metal are everywhere in your garage, and you get them in your finger. Just go buy a two-stroke air filter cage. Look them, look them up on Rocky Mountain. They sell them. You will get more RPM response and throttle response and low end with just having that cage open. Twin Air has a kit as well. I really like twin air filters, and they have that uh, aluminum cage with no screen. So that is nice. Uh, If you guys are looking to put a muffler system on, that's up to you. Uh, The best one that I have found so far is an FMF 4.1. They work directly to or with KTM. So they have their muffler and the power down to where... Um, I feel like this bike needs it, which is low end to mid-range. I don't really care about having more top end. Sure, it'd be nice, but this bike needs a little bit more throttle response, a little bit more low end, I feel like, and that FMF 4.1 has that. Yes, you can just put a slip-on on, and that will help. You guys don't have to buy the full system if you don't want to, but if you just want a slip-on, you'll get more low end and RPM response. If you guys want the full system, that'll get you some more mid-range meat. So, FMF, if they have them in stock, I know you guys are probably sitting there going, fuck, man, FMF doesn't have shit, I can't get it. COVID has done a number on a lot of things, and mufflers are just one of those. And hopefully we can <laughs> try to get back to normal here soon and get some product back and we could purchase. I'm, you know, these companies are are telling me they have a headache too because they don't have the labor um, labor people to labor people. They don't have the workers to do the labor, right? So they're backed up. So we need to calm down a little bit, give them some space, don't be up their ass, and uh, hopefully these things are getting back in stock. So, uh, again, pro taper handlebars, less vibration, more flex. Get rid of those stock bars. Uh, Hopefully, 
and I keep saying this uh, to some people when I see them at the track, uh, the Pro Taper handlebar that I use is called Suzuki Race Team Bend. Basically, it's almost, almost, it, it mimics a 996 Renthal Bend, which is a, a lower, flatter bend that I really like. Pro Taper doesn't have that bend in an Evo bar. They are coming out with that. They call it uh, Suzuki Race Team. I think it's going to be called something else when they come out with it. I will let you know what that name is, but look for that bar sometime this summer. And that is the bar I go with on KTMs because of the low flat uh, profile. It might come at 110 millimeters. I always cut my bars down to 806, 805. That seems to be a good uh, width for me and as well as Aiden. So we always do that with Aiden. And if you guys are going to a ZRT throttle, you will have to cut a half an inch on the right side of the bar to compensate for that bearing that will go in. Um, no matter what you cut your bar to. Let's say you get that Pro Taper bar, it's 810 stock, you cut it to 806, oh shit, I'm going to go buy a ZRT, you're going to cut another half inch off, but you get that half inch back when you put that throttle and the bearing on. So you're still going to be at 806 or 805, whatever that is that you cut your bar to, so don't freak out. Um, but that is a good mod too. Um a couple things here, too. Ride Engineering and Works Connection, they they do similar things, right? They have uh, similar products. Ride is more on the triple clamp side, um, but they do share axle blocks. Like um, Adrian at Ride makes his set with the axle, and then you have Works Connection that uh, just uses the blocks. So whatever which way you want to go, they do the same thing. Um I do feel like when you guys go to the non-fixed axle blocks on your bikes, because KTM stock has that left side that's fixed, yes, it does make a difference. You have a, a block on there that's floating. You're under acceleration. You're on throttle. It doesn't bind as much. Of course, you're still going to get some binding a little bit, right, no matter if it floats or not. But you have less bl- binding with a non-fixed block. So... Go to Works Connection. Go to Ride Engineering. I do have codes for both. Um, the code over at Ride Engineering is KT20, and the code over at Works Connection is Kiefer21. And that will save you 20% on each side, and that will get you down the road, which is, uh, man, it, it does make a difference. It calms it down, gives you a little bit more real-real traction, and I like that a lot. Um, another thing that seems to have a problem with KTMs. And these are a little little things. They're not huge uh, problems that, you know, come on some bikes. But the rear brake pedal spring, um, it does snap a lot from vibration or whatever. Um, Fast Company, they have like um, a rear brake pedal spring that removes um, the stock one. And you use this one that goes up by your adjuster. And it's just nice. It keeps it, uh, it offers tunable pedal resistance um, you just go to Fast, Co- Fast Company, and uh, they have that, and it, that way you don't have to keep buying uh, rear brake pedal springs because I know I was buying Honda springs, and those do last longer than the stock KTM ones, but doesn't matter. They eventually still will break, so if you get that Fastco um, rear brake pedal spring, then you don't have to worry about it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about triple clamps. Stock triple clamps are a little bit rigid. 
If you find your KTM, and I don't have this much problem on the 250. I have more of it on the 450 side of things. But if you're running a KTM 250 and you feel like, ah, I need a little bit more comfort in my wrists and my hands um, on slap-down landings, I just need a little bit more front-end traction, there is a couple options you can go to. Um, KTM has their factory clamps that come on the factory edition. Those are great. Excellent. More flex. Um, offers a little bit better lean angle traction on the front wheel. Um, right engineering also has their split clamps that are excellent. The pricing on these, I think, are between these two clamps are within a hundred bucks. Um, either way you go, I do feel like you're getting a little bit more comfort, a little bit more um, forgiveness with Adrian Right Engineering's clamps, but these factory edition, you know, KTM clamps are excellent as well. So the split clamp does have something behind it. It does work. You get more comfort. Uh, you get more feeling in your front tire. So I would recommend that I put those on Aiden's bike immediately after we break it in. And, uh, you know, we do the video. We do these things just to get more comfort out of the KTM because at sometimes it does feel a little bit uh, rigid at times, especially on a 450. 250, mm, I don't think it's that crucial, but hey, you guys could be feeling that, and that's one uh, one way you can get some more comfort. Um, otherwise, check your clutch rubbers as well. Um, I talk about how good that clutch is. There's little um, clutch rubbers on the 450 only. 250 doesn't have this, but since I'm talking about it and I see it right here in front of my face, those clutch rubbers on the 450 will crack and break, and you can just change those out. It's not a huge deal, but... Um, man, that's pretty much it for the 22 KTM 250 SXF. Great looking bike has that blue seat, orange frame, and man, just a few little things here and there. Uh, it really does make a huge difference on this bike. Track toughness of this bike is very good. Reliability on this bike's excellent. So, uh, it's really a great buy right now. So if you can, uh, Hey, go to power motorsports up in Oregon. David Sibley is your guy. If you guys want to to get a hold of them, um, you can get a hold of me first, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I'll put you in contact with those guys up there and hopefully get you a new KTM because they are a very good KTM dealer. I think they're one of the, the best on the West Coast, so um, you guys check those out at Power Motorsports. But I'm looking forward to, uh, man, getting my knee knee all done up and healed. It's uh, It's been kind of a, a nightmare for you guys uh, listening to my bitching. I'm sure it's... Uh, been a nightmare for my wife. You guys can relate out there that have been heard that love dirt bikes like myself. Man, I, I miss it. I can go uh, maybe a week or two without riding, and there's very little in my life, hobby-wise, that replace the feeling of riding dirt bikes. I love riding, testing, tinkering, getting that information out to you guys, and that is why we do the show. Hopefully, um, I feel like um, it's working for you guys, and, and hopefully this is changing the way um, other media outlets you know, produce their testing content. I feel like I'm a little bit more organic over here um, and tell you guys exactly the truth of what I feel. And um, no hidden agendas over here, man. It, it either works or it doesn't. So um, I'm pleased, really pleased about this KTM 250 SXF. I feel like when I get back on my bike, uh, which should be here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to start out on the KTM just because... It is so friendly and easy to ride down low. Um, lightweight feel, and like I said, connection to the rear wheel are all positives that the KTM company has provided for us, the consumer. So 
Hopefully they continue to do that. So kudos to all the R&D guys over there in Austria and, of course, here in America. Uh, it's not an easy job to create a motorcycle that uh, does a lot of things well and create a motorcycle that fits a lot of different styles of riding and weights and abilities. Very hard to do. Trust me, I've been a process. I've been in that process on many different levels, on many different colors, and uh, <laughs> it's very, very difficult to get everybody on the same page to provide that bike that sits on the dealership floor when you purchase it for you to go home and be like, man, this is exactly why I spent $10,000 fucking dollars and I'm happy about it. That's that's what you want as an R&D guy. You want that consumer to be like, I'm happy to spend ten grand. Holy shit, this is worth $10,000. You hate to hear, man, I bought this bike and it's been a nightmare. Hate to hear that. So uh, good good on you, KTM, and uh, keep striving to push the envelope and create more, um, create better motorcycles for all us guys out there. You know, this is what we want. I know we talk about pricing a lot. There's all different kinds of levels of bikes, sizes that you can uh, look into for pricing. KTM is always on the upper side of the scale of pricing, but... That's why they got gas gas. That's a that's the less expensive model. You got Husqvarna. That's a different style of motorcycle and maybe a little bit more money than a KTM. So um, KTM's doing a different way, and uh, it seems to be working. And uh, yeah, this uh, this whole show was about how good that thing was, and how those little things that I mentioned that do fail or do break um, are minor. So that's also a positive for me. So that about wraps it up. I'm going to be back here. Oh, man, I might be back here in the studio at the end of the week talking about something else that will be announced here shortly. Um, you guys will be excited about. So we'll be here maybe doing two shows this week. If not, we'll be back here next week with another show. And, of course, you guys know what time it is. It's 22 season as well as new gear seasons coming up. Holy shit, I've been telling you guys I'm doing the gear shootout, and I haven't done it. No excuses. Haven't done it. It's been sitting here. It's sitting right here in front of my face. But we will get it done, nonetheless. If 22 gear comes out and I give you 2021 uh, gear shootout, nonetheless, it'll be up. So apologies for that. But it's been uh, quite the journey here doing all this stuff and um, getting enough information for you guys out there that you guys are happy. As well as, of course, you know, getting hurt. That always puts a damper on things. So, We'll be back here next week, guys. I appreciate you supporting this podcast, my advertisers. And, of course, you guys know this. Email me if you have any questions, um, comments, concerns. You want to bitch. You want to gripe. I'm, I'm all about it. I'm not expecting to be the Jesus Christ of motorcycles over here. I know some things uh, you guys disagree with, but I'm willing to talk about it. Let's, let's work it out. Let me see if I can help you, guide you in the right direction, and maybe you can help or guide me in the right direction. I'm all about learning and uh, doing it that way too. So I appreciate you guys listening and supporting us over here as always. Um, hit up Heather. Heather at KieferIncTesting.com. Buy some shirts. Buy some sweaters. Uh, we even got some other stuff that's not even on my website because I get these freebies from Neil over at Screen Printing. We have tank tops because um, I only have a few of them in there, but we have some tank tops. But this helps us out too. Um, I'm not going to make a, a, a living off selling merch, but if you like our podcast, you like what we're doing, support our brand out there, wear the shirt, tag me in it on your social media accounts. Um, it gets this brand up and moving, and you can just tell your buddies, hey, 
Kiefer's fun to listen to. He, he knows his shit, and uh, you should go try it. So hit up Heather or just go on our shop area on our website and purchase some shirts. That helps us out a lot as well. So, all right, guys, I will see you next week.